The predator had then taken the hard remains and made this. As always, Chanter felt a species of awe upon seeing such expressions of the artistic temperament. Yet, though the sculpture had been fashioned with such precision, such symmetry and such definite purpose, he still had no idea what it represented. The thing before him looked like something living, but bore little resemblance to its original form. To his recollection, it also did not look like anything else on this world, nor on any of the other worlds he had visited. The skull had been shortened, the grinding plates removed, cut into spikes along one side, then reinserted sideways to give the skull pointy teeth. The thing sat upright like the statue of some human god, which was perhaps why theocracy proctors destroyed these things if they got to them before Chanter. The rib bones had been closed together vertically and added to at the bottom to form a cone-like structure. The rear legs extended up from behind and had been substantially altered, the long bones sliced thin, lengthways, and splayed out almost like a peacock's feathers. Four limbs formed a single hoop looping round from the top of the cone to its bottom, a perfect circle. Chanter whistled, and Mick came trundling out of the mudmarine, long-toed feet extending almost like paddles from the sides of the low, flat, louse-like robot to keep its weight supported on the delicate rhizome mat. It headed straight over to the sculpture, stalked eyes hinging from under its front end to inspect the thing for a moment, then arms folding up from each side of its flat body to reach out with long-fingered hands to probe into the bonework and ensure the thing would remain undamaged when shifted to Mick's flat-ribbed back. Soon afterwards, Mick had safely installed the sculpture inside the mud marine. Sighing yet again, Chanter realised he was no nearer to understanding the work of this artist. This sculpture would join the rest of his unfathomable collection in his underground base. Of course, he shouldn't be surprised. Even after fifty years, at his lack of comprehension, this was no ordinary artist. The technician, as some had begun to call it, was a very strange and lethal beast indeed. The Rebellion from Underneath Solstan 2437 Damnation! Chanter exclaimed. Hauling himself up by the console from the tilted floor of his mudmarine, he plumped himself back in his chair. Once ensconced, he pulled across safety straps he only used when negotiating particularly moist strata of mud. The stuff that possessed currents, and was also navigated by tricones the size of grav cars. On his screen, he called up a seismic map created by the various infrasound emitters he'd planted about Masada. But what it showed just didn't quite make sense. At first, he'd thought the shockwave slamming into his conveyance came from a test firing of the theocracy's new weapon, that massive coil gun they'd named Ragnarok, and intended to use to punch missiles right down through the mountains into the rebels' cave systems. But no, they could not have moved it into position so soon, and the readings here were just not right for that. The seismic map showed that something big had come down just fifty kilometres away from his present position below the surface, but that it hadn't come down hard enough to be a direct fall from orbit. He wanted more data, 
Something was going on, and he needed to know what it was, and to collect that data he must surface and take a look. He engaged the vehicle's conveyor drive, and it began to worm its way forwards, then up as he pulled the control column up. Occasionally there came a bump as the mudmarine shoved tricones aside, but they were of little danger to him, since though their grinding tongues could turn the toughest metal to powder, or sludge, out here he tried not to stay in one spot long enough for them to converge, and when a halting did become necessary, he had the means to repel them. Within an hour he was near the surface, the marine travelling faster in the less dense soil. He slowed almost to a halt below the rhizome mat, taking the precaution of engaging chameleon wear before surfacing, then eased the vehicle up. Once it was stable, he first extruded a camera up through the mat to take a look around. No humans in the vicinity, no technology, and he was a good distance from any theocracy.